Have you ever come across a verse that you just don't understand? It doesn't seem to make sense. What do you do? Well, unless you're in a really investigative mood, you uh, just pass over it, don't you? You just uh, pass on and try to understand something in the next verse or the verse after that. Well, we're about to look at a verse that was that for me. Um, I couldn't understand it for years. I didn't take notice of it, therefore I just passed over it. But something happened that helped me to understand this verse, and I want to share it with you today. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel that we discover here in the book of Romans, this awesome book that has so much detail about the grace of God and what God has done for us in His Son, and also so much detail about faith, how we believe and what we believe in and what we, how we trust God in when everything is dark and, and miserable and how we trust Him in the light as well. I invite you to listen every Monday through Friday to this program on uh, uh, KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning. You can also hear the program, though, on your smartphone. Simply uh, go to soundcloud.com slash faithquest or download the free app SoundCloud, soundcloud.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Do the same with uh, podbean.com or go to faithquest.podbean.com. Well, we're looking at Romans 8, you know, this passage that describes life in the kingdom of grace as living in the resurrection life by faith of Jesus Christ. And Paul tells us, as uh, you've been gathering from what we've been sharing over the last several days together, um, that if God is for us, who can be against us? There's nothing that can be against us. Uh, God is the one who justifies. It is God himself, the Father, who declares us innocent as we put trust in him by faith in his Son. That is, his Son's righteousness is counted as if it were ours. It is counted as our righteousness. So, who can separate us from the love of Christ? As we said yesterday, nothing, no tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or sword, or nakedness, or sword can separate us, which means there are two realities in the universe, the reality of God's love, which is forever acting upon us by his kindness and mercy, and the reality of these broken uh, systems in the world, this broken humanity of ours and the broken world of sin and death. But God has broken in to that sin and death and does so every day for us as we trust in him. But then comes this verse. This is the verse I was referring to at the beginning that just for years for me didn't make sense. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, often when I gave a seminar or when I read this, uh, these verses, um, uh, this wonderful passage from uh, Romans 8, verses 31 to 39, often when I read this passage, uh, say, in a sermon or a seminar, um, I would r omit this verse because it seemed a distraction and uh, just didn't seem to flow with the flow, as it were. 
Well, all that rubbish has gone by now. I recognise that Paul had a very real thought in mind. As it is written, and he quotes from Psalm 44, by the way, verse 22, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Well, what is that all about? It gives you the feeling, doesn't it, that we are victims of some thought, sort. Uh, we can't help it. We were just killed all day long. We're, uh, we're uh, offered up as sheep for the slaughter. Well, look at the context. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? In other words, Paul is alluding to the fact that there's trouble all around. Persecution, tribulation, distress, famine, not having enough to eat not having enough to clothe ourselves with, peril, dangers, sword, wars, and everything, were surrounded with trouble. As it is written, we're counted as sheep for the slaughter. For your sake, we're being killed all day long. It sounds as though we're victims, and you know Christians don't like to acknowledge that, admit that they're victims, or don't like to talk about being about victimhood. We evangel evangelical Christians, we we believe that we have been given the grace of Christ, that we can conquer all things, that we are responsible for our sins, and that's why we're charged with guilt until we repent, and all of that. We we simply do not recognize victimhood. Well. It's time you did. You are a victim. Yes, you are a victim. You didn't ask to be born into this world. There was not a conference in which you sat in some uh, uh, pre-existing soul, and uh, the angels and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit asked you whether you'd like to be born. As far as we know, there was no such conference. We just arrived here, and by the age of being five or six, we discovered, uh, in a very minimal kind of way, we were sinners. And worse than that, we discovered that we were overpowered by sin. As we got older, we realized that it wasn't simply sin that we were doing, but sin that was doing us. Well, that's victimhood, isn't it? A, vic a state of being a victim. Yes, it is. You and I are victims of the fallen kingdom of Adam, and you will find an enormous amount of relief once you accept that. But let me tell you this. A real victim is not one who endlessly cries, I'm a victim. A real victim is not one who endlessly cries, it's not my fault. A real victim is not one who endlessly searches for vindication uh, and vengeance and justice. A real victim is one that Paul describes here, for your sake, that is for God's sake, we are going through many deaths, many deaths all day. For your sake, for God's sake, we are being killed all day. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Well, what's that all about? 
The fact is that the gospel is more about the controversy between good and evil, between Christ and Satan, between God and the devil, than it is about you and me being saved. Now, that may be a shocker to you, because the good news of the gospel is that God comes to us and saves us through his Son, Jesus Christ. But why did we need saving in the first place, and why did this happen in the first place, when we didn't choose it? It's all about a controversy between good and evil, right and wrong, and Christ and Satan, and we are caught in the middle of it. But we don't complain because we know that God has had mercy upon us, and God is on our side, and God is helping us, and God is telling us, stay the course, my son, my daughter, stay with it, help me, because I'm demonstrating the power of evil will not live forever, I will extinguish it. And you, my children, are helping me by your faith in me, that I will be your vindicator, I will be your protector, I will be your deliverer, I will be your victor. And so we say, okay, God, it hurts, it's a bit of a mess, I don't like what I'm in, but I will trust you. So we are victims that don't whine and moan and complain. We are victims that acknowledge and accept that we're being done to death every day. But it's okay. God will see us through. And look what Paul says about this in chapter uh, 4 of, of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen to this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Hey, that's interesting, isn't it? So we are earthen vessels, but there's a power passing through us, and it is God's power. And we are earthen vessels, sort of lumps of clay, so that the glory doesn't come to us, but it comes to God who's working in us. For we are hard-pressed, it says in verse 8, on every side, yet crushed, not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, uh, struck down, but not destroyed. Now listen to this bit. Verse 10, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So that's where we're caught in the middle, you see. We are dying every day. What kind of dying is it? Why, why are we being killed every day? Because we're going through the experience of Jesus Christ. Christ is the head and we are the body. We are the members of his body. We're going through his death in this life that the resurrection life of Jesus, the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. In other world in other words the world looks on at Christians and says what makes what makes those fools tick what keeps them going what is it with them i don't get it and of course they don't get it they can't figure us out that we have faith that sounds like a fairy tale but we believe we believe in the almighty god we believe in the redeemer god we believe that god has sent his son to be our strength and our righteousness and our deliverer to to forgive us of all our sins this is astonishing but they can't see it 
but will see it ultimately because of what is going on in us. So then, you see, we're being killed every day. We're like sheep to the slaughter, but don't whine and complain. Be a faithful servant of God that says, Father, I have learned to accept these troubles because they are going to give glory to you ultimately. You are demonstrating through me how your grace overcomes the power of evil. Yes, I may still be a sinner till the day I die, and I may still not overcome everything, but your grace and mercy works through me, and that mercy shown to me will make it clear ultimately to the whole universe that your mercy triumphs over evil, and your mercy wins back your lost sheep and even the goats. So, you see, this is a marvelous verse. I encourage you to explore it for yourself. Romans 8, verse 36, because it allows you finally to admit what you felt all along but couldn't voice. Felt You felt wrong to voice it, and that is that you're a victim. But you are not going to be a whiny, slobbering victim because you're a victim for the sake of Jesus Christ and he will show his grace, and he will honor and vindicate you while you vindicate him. I do thank you for the support you give and you send to keep this program going. It's listener-supported radio. Each uh, broadcast costs $39 per 15 minutes. If you would like to send a donation to keep this broadcast going, now, by the way, in its 25th year, then send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Send your little notes, too, just short. They don't have to be long. It just is so encouraging to hear from you. And you can make your donation online, by the way, at faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.